this is an episode to EWS Post of the Week, where a relevant publication on psychology in sports is mentioned and reviewed. With the aim of promoting content that is useful for athletic development at psychological and physical level, here is today's reference with your host Gonzalo Marques. On today's Post of the Week, we collect on an idea up for debate. Two main perspectives people can always sense on a given team, and which are often misjudged or even not addressed. I'm speaking here about a collectivist view versus an individualist slash talented star focus. And why would this be important to efficiently work in sports? Well, even if this doesn't address any particular skill or tip to improve one's performance, it can deliver good enough insights on how to deal with each approach on your team and within yourself as an athlete, so that we can extract the maximum potentialities from them and minimize the risks that might emerge. Yes, because as with almost everything we talk in our episodes, we will not advocate for any particular approach. There's not one that is solely good and the other bad. No black or white thinking here. We like to navigate on grey color tones. Wait, just a useful reminder. We know you're investing precious time here. So you can also efficiently work your listening experience by checking the timestamps at the end of this episode show notes. You can click over them to jump directly to the pieces that you find most interesting to your needs and wishes. As for my wish, your review and subscription to EWS Podcast. By doing so, we will be able to offer the listeners more quality content regularly to improve the mental game in sports and work. Until you decide on that, keep enjoying this. This is an episode that was co-produced with a colleague of mine, Francisco Cardoso, that works as a psychologist in a futsal team that competes at the national level in Portugal. He started by sending me a picture that he saw on social media, where two sentences from two of the greatest athletes in the world of basketball were presented. A quote from Michael Jordan, that many consider the best basketball player ever, and another from Kobe Bryant, who easily fits into that same realm. Both are the responses of each of them to the catching phrase there is no why in the team, which appeals to the sense of unity and camaraderie. In response to this, Michael first said, but there's an eye on win. And Kobe said, but there's an M-E on that. These answers can reveal a little of what American sports culture was at the time, with an emphasis on idolizing certain players and assuming those as the ones that can resolve matches and bring victories to the team. But without entering on a discussion here around this with labeling that as preeminently American, whereas it could be seen a contrast in other places where there was not so much of a tendency to seek protagonism. More so, by far, this is not to be seen as pejorative. We don't want to be misinterpreted. After all, we are talking here about a spectrum that goes from individualism to collectivism, that can appear at several levels, in different places, at different times. And again, we are still not placing any value judgment on those. Getting back to our stars. Both responded to this appeal to collectivism in the team with claims that underline the presence and importance of individuality in sports, in the team, and in victory. 
The reactions to these phrases by the American community were mostly positive, of appreciation and even admiration. Many stressed that this has to be the attitude, the mentality of an athlete who wants to be the best, to reach stardom. We can see the opposite of this on communities where it is privileged and cultivated in athletes from a young age, the collective spirit and the notion of teamwork, often even more intensely in the most technically gifted athletes. Maybe there's a reason for that. However, in a culture of stardom, let's call it that way, although collective values can also be transmitted, there is a tendency to cultivate the status of the star in the team, and it's worship both on the part of the players in the game and everything that surrounds them. But what impact does this way of thinking about sports, the collective versus individual duality, have on a given athlete that receives this label or feels like it is his role to be a star? We can imagine a set of risks in this. In the case of a defeat, for example, all the expectations could be on him, that is, Expectations from his teammates, or coach, or from supporters, or all of these combined. And this set of expectations created around this great performer fall on him. Maybe the player himself believes this and carries this heavy burden on his shoulders, resulting many times on attributing the responsibility for the result. I think this is a big negative pressure factor creeping in, This assumption that started from the external environment can become a bloated internal attribution of success or failure. Thus, if this athlete does not have well-defined cognitive structures and sustained support from family, from colleagues and technical staff, he can easily begin to reveal signs of pre-competitive anxiety. Knowing that the responsibility for leading the team to success will fall on him, The pre-competitive moment can create space for thoughts and doubts about his value and capacities. Typical what-if thoughts may emerge. What if I fail this pass? What if I can't do it? What if things don't go well? Which usually are followed up by scenarios, negative scenarios or catastrophic ones in the mind. Well, what you just heard was something probably easy to understand. But to assimilate this, or put it into practice, is a harder task for sure. At EWS we aim to translate the theory and mental principles into practice the best way possible. But it all comes down to you. Take a moment to really reflect. Is this good for me? What can I do today to implement it? Again, the keyword, practice. How can you translate this into practice? Practice it and go ahead. Keep enjoying the process of efficiently working sports. And of course this can impact the other way around, on victories. Even in the event of a victory, the impact can be negative. Think about if the athlete is successful and consequently his team too. This can lead to the devaluation of the colleague's role in that given win. Would it be fair to assume that almost every win is attributed to this player's extraordinary performances or goals he makes? What were the roles of the teammates and managers? Of course he could have had a significant contribution for the successful play, 
but we consider this a great time to remember that normally, a player only actively participates with the ball on a given soccer match, let's insert that modality here, roughly about 10% of the total time, depending on his position for sure, and this has some frailties, this comparison, but so it would be silly to put like 100% of responsibility, or close to it, in just one player, right? By doing that, even more so at younger ages, can make an athlete more prone to harmful stress and exacerbated competitive anxiety. Not to mention the potential miscarriages on the team's wishes and its disintegration. The team should be an integrated whole, so it is wise to spread responsibility to each and all. Did you know that in just 8 seconds you can effortlessly help both EWS growth and homeless people? That's right. For that, just leave a review for our podcast in Podchaser and 25 cents are automatically donated to Meals on Wheels, an association that directly supports senior people in isolation and with hunger. Check that out on the show notes and keep enjoying this episode. Well, don't get me wrong on the value of hard work and outperforming competitors. It is valid for oneself to wish to overcome one's limitations and surpass his best performance. That's what efficiently work sports stands for. These quote-unquote individualistic values, when applied well, can also bring advantages to the athlete, usually in more advanced stages of their training, if the team values are already well-defined, for example, and the recognition of the importance of the colleagues and having the appropriate technical support, when all these kind of factors are guaranteed, it can be positive indeed to instill this extra leadership responsibility or stardom, let's say again, even if only as a form of motivation, creating that little healthy discomfort by increasing the demands for performance tasks that can lead to the betterment of his skills. Ultimately, what we're saying is that wanting to get better and stand out from others is natural and valuable if it includes working alongside the values and best tactic for the team. In other words, being an athlete that efficiently works esports practice for the team's overall success. I think you agree with me it would be silly to decide on leaving Michael Jordan out in the last play of a tied match knowing that he is one of the best throwers of all time and could score. He was even asked once who would be the best pick for the last throw of a decisive match, and he immediately replied, Me, of course, what a dumb question. And by the way, remember when I said before that an attitude like MJ and Kobe had on those claims were pretty much admired as they showed incredible artwork and brilliance in their plays? Here I leave you with something that can tweak that individualistic or stardom concept. See, I recently heard Phil Jackson, the former Chicago Bulls coach in the Michael Jordan team, saying that he had a significant talk with him and it marked a really positive shift. He said, quote, My job was to organize this group of players so that they were not just Michael and the Jordan errors. It is this associated cast. So it was convincing him that these were really good players that you're with. You can make them better, because that's what stardom is really about, is to make everyone around a little bit better. End quote. 
and we can even put this in extreme terms to deliver the point home. You see, the absence of the notion of an individual and of his value can be detrimental to the athlete, because if he sacrifices his performance totally in favor of the team at all the times, it will not give him space to his creativity, to genius dribbles or moves that tear the opposition apart. It would restrain him opportunities of improving and of expanding his capabilities and role in the team. We should cherish individuality without encroaching it on a team, but appreciate its proper value. Whether it be at a technical level during competitions or at the level of interpersonal relationships. And this leads to the goal we had for this episode, to show that both perspectives can be integrated. Reconciling the ideas contained in each one can harmonize a team and make it function better. Maximizing the potentialities in each player may be sought as the ultimate goal. The secret is, as in almost everything, in balance. It is essential to know how to embody the collective values, the notion of team and its inherent benefits without ever neglecting the athlete as an individual and its importance for the collective, because only with respect for the combination of diverse individualities of each athlete, we can cultivate group cohesion, which is so fundamental for the creation of an effective team. Hey you, athlete, student or worker of some kind, we want to know real cases. So tell us, from what you've heard, what have you been missing out? What is one idea that popped into your mind while listening? Feel free to share in the comments so we can assist you further. See ya! To assist you in efficiently work your sport, we intend to pretend the most correct views possible and give a shout out to what potentially promotes sports performance and mental health. We recommend checking out the whole post for an integrated view. Again, to learn more about psychology in sports, go to ewsport.eu.